Hello. Hey, Merlin. Good afternoon, Dan. How are you? Good. Sorry I'm a minute late. I got, uh, I was watching this vlog that a friend of mine does now. Why, why would I need to forgive you for being a minute late? I don't want to be late, you know. I got caught up in this vlog. Yeah. I was looking for that email you sent me. It was so good. Which one? Oh, God, can I read this? Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Hey, Dan. At this point, I'm going to assume improving your <laughs> podcast post-production is not on your timeline for this year. Right. Please feel free to reach out if you have any questions about post-production or need help with any other aspects of your podcast. Thanks. Sort of downtrodden, isn't it? Just so disappointed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, let's let's just... <laughs> when you read it that way, it's even better than the way I read it in my own mind. At this point, I'm going to assume that improving your podcast post-production is not on your timeline for this yeah. year. Dan, let me ask you candidly, is uh, improving your podcast post-production... Is that on your timeline for this year? The thing is, yes, it is on my timeline. It's been on well, my it's timeline, on your just timeline, not with this guy. Man. You must have really led this guy on. You must have written to him. You probably reached out to him to begin with, and you said, listen. Of course, of course, you know I did. You say, listen, I really want to improve the podcast post-production. I don't know if it's on my timeline for this year. How can you help me out? How, how, how can you help me out? And then what happened? Did you just lose interest or you don't have a timeline? You don't, you, do you just not care? I mean, I reached out to him over and over and over again until finally I, I got a response. And then, you know, but yeah. then it just wasn't on my timeline to get well, back to Well, the year's him. almost over. It's hard to have. There's not much timeline left. <laughs> my goodness, Dan. What, what have you done to this poor man? I know. Can you, can you feel how, what? Disappointed. Frustrated. You know, I I think you really let the guy down. <laughs> I owe him. I feel like I really owe him a response too. You owe, you owe him a response, and and you owe him an amends. Do you think there's any way that you could work on your timeline for this year? <laughs> yeah, I better. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, and so many emails like this now. They all they all sound like this. Yeah, they all start like this, and they all sort of guilt you into. Yeah, like every I'm looking up at all of the email is that I have now. Something changed in a big way, and it's not just one email account. It's all I have two or three, and they all are getting this kind of email all of the time now. They all are getting it, and I don't. I it changed in 2016. I don't know when in 2016 it happened, but I went from having really well managed email accounts. You know where where I could I could get through most of the email in a day, to just this kind of thing, and then tons of other emails I don't know where they're coming from. Like here's another one. It's from somebody whose name is Info in all caps. Mm. Okay, I Sub- think that's probably Dutch. Subject line is company rep agent slash escrow needed. Mm. Good day. A China-based company is in search of a competent company representative slash escrow agent position within the new line, USA Canadian region only. Like, oh, you're you're in that region. But why did I start getting these kinds of emails? Well, was, that's, things have that's been so a, good for so long. Yeah. But I mean, isn't that just one of the classic? That's that's a flavor of the Nigerian scam, probably. Yeah, I think so. But now I have another email right below it from Arthur Cooper. Seven Spotify functionalities to boost conversions. How many? Seven. 
Seven? And this is clearly. What did you say when you responded? What did you say when you responded? Respond to it. Mm, Not on your timeline. Not in my timeline for this year. I just, it, I'm really overwhelmed. I, I'm probably getting at least 50 emails a day from just this kind of crap. And it was not like that at the beginning of the year. No starch press. Scratch coding cards. Learn to program one card at a time for immediate release. Mm. That's not what I think they mean when I think of immediate release. They, mm-hmm. they mean something else. Inter- like, inter- like when you come online? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look through some of these other ones here. We get a lot of nice emails from, uh, from listeners and then we get ones that are formatted really weird. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, here's a guy. Okay. Here's a guy who uh, wrote a book about how to get rich by the time you're 24. And, uh, what he's going to do is he's going to share the lessons that he's learned. Oh, because he finished college and then he got rich by 24, six, six figure income by, by 24. And he wants to share that with us. Do you think that might be on our timeline? I think so. Yeah, it's in my. It's definitely in my timeline. You have to, so I, when you come to things like this, like the uh, the one with the escrow, that sounds like you know, like a classic, the Nigerian prince scam. Yes, of course. You know, I bring you greetings. My father, who's some kind of tribal chief, has recently died. He's got eleven gajillion dollars that I need to put into somebody's bank account. You've been identified as somebody who can be trusted. Uh-huh. That's the classic yeah. Nigerian scam. And then what, what's, what's the usual pitch? The pitch is like, you have to send me what? $1,200 to like do something. What is, like, what is it? Like they, shore, what, shore it up or, or something like that. Yeah. Right, right, right. But, um, the ones, when I look at these things that are clearly not automated, um, I try to assume that there is a rational actor because I want to understand people. Yeah. So uh, sometimes I, I will read them and I will look through them. And, and, and as we've said before, one of the frustrating parts is when you start reading emails from normal people and you think, oh God, here it comes, you know? And actually I want to come to one of those uh, emails in a, in a second that was really nice this week. But um, I try to assume there's a rational actor. There's somebody there who's spending their time for what they think is a useful purpose. And so that particular fella so how did that start? It started when he he emailed you. Was he emailing to like offer services as like a, an engineer? Did he have yeah. like 11 tips and tricks? Like how did it start? Do you remember? That, well, that's how, I, I mean, I don't remember the other emails. I don't even remember getting, I'm not saying I didn't sounds get them. Like, that sounds like somebody who might even be a listener. I mean, they could be a listener. They, they know about podcasting. They know I podcast. I mean, there's right. some, there is some knowledge of why they're targeted me. They know that you do a thing with audio. They know you do podcasts right. and they assume that you have a timeline for making them sound better by the end of the year. <laughs> yes. You, you haven't been at this that long. No. Now, now, see, I still struggle with this because while I am fairly, I'm very comfortable speaking on podcasts, I don't consider myself anything regarding a pro with regard to making audio, video, anything. The entire production process is a black box to me and I'm still just like muddling along with that. But, um, but that, that's, that's, that's a weird one. But then, so you say, okay, you assume this is a rational actor. So that's somebody who's spending that time for a certain purpose. And so you have to like, I, I don't want to make a straw man, but it's, you have to assume that that person has thought through how to do that follow up. And the best thing that that guy came up with was like trying to make you feel bad about your timeline. Isn't that odd? Yeah. That's a good way to summarize it. I hadn't really thought of, thought about it all like that, but. Thank, thank you. Uh God. See, okay, one of the best, well, I, I don't want to go too far ahead here. Oh, can I just do one bit of follow-up as long as we're on this? Yeah, go ahead, caller. 
Uh, thank you. Uh, first time child reader. Uh, we had reached out. Uh, well, first of all, listener Jamie had pointed out on the internet that like, hey, you guys, it's a bunch of dudes writing into your show to suge suggest kid books that are written by dudes and about dudes. And I was like, you know what? Right on. You're absolutely right. And I, as I do, I said, well, is there something that you could suggest? Because that would actually be really useful. Right. So I just want to clarify. First of all, I want to say thank you. Um, first to listener Jamie for bringing that up. Thank you for suggestions. I still have not collated those. But another nice, I don't know why I feel the need to point this out, but like another nice email we got was from listener Lindsay. Lindsay. And where is that email? Now I can't find it. I'm going to search for her. Oh, huh, 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 yeah. So, so here's how this one started out. And it's, it's a long email. So first of all, long email. I'm like, what is this going to be? So she says, hey guys, love the show. I've been work working my way through the back catalog all the way from episode one for around a year and I'm finally all cut up to episode 300. Okay, I'm one paragraph in. Clearly, this is going to be somebody who wants to have their author on the show. Right. There's no way. Nobody has listened to every episode of this show. There's no way. We then, haven't you know even what? listened to every episode of the show. No, no. Just, ep just episode, uh, was it seven? Seven, yeah, that's the one. Um, but then I just want to say, Hey, listener Lindsay, oh my God, thank you. She then proceeds to write this very long, beautiful, detailed, super useful email laying out with numbered bullets. She's got an OL here, uh, basically of like her suggestions for books. And I'm going to return to these when I've had time to fully digest it. But I'm, uh, I actually printed this out and I'm reading like a person because it's a really good email. But see, that's what's happened. I'm an animal now. I'm an animal now because I open up an email. The first thing I see is a compliment and I assume that somebody who's trying to screw me. Isn't that awful? What a horrible way to live. Well, you've, you've, be you've been pushed into that. You've become that by, you're a product of your environment. I'm more machine than man. And and so I just want to say, listener Lindsay, uh, first of all, I owe you an amends. I'm sorry if I misread the first. You, this is such a nice email, and I want to say, uh, anybody, feel free to send a nice email like that. I love that. You know, I don't. I won't be like this. I got a timeline. I, I got a timeline. I got a year. Hmm. Sounds like Saran wrap. A time timeline? No, not the timeline. The program. Oh, remember? It sounds like I'm wrapped in plastic wrap. Oh yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I should probably work on my uh, production workflow. So I'm working on that. I'll put that together. I don't know when I'll get that done, but I but I will uh, I will do that. And thank you to people who uh, write it. And and on top of that, we got tons more, not tons more, but a handful more of email from people just uh, suggesting uh, more good books to really read. Really good books, yeah. To our kids, um, given everybody, not everybody's. See, I'm trying not to exaggerate anymore. I'm getting a million times better at that. And so uh, I, I went in and uh, I was, one that was suggested a lot, I went ahead. <laughs> I went ahead me, it took me a second. Let's call Way Homer. <laughs> and so uh, I went ahead and got me a copy of the, uh, the, the first, uh, uh, his Dark Materials book, The Golden Compass. And uh, that is nightly reading now for my lady and my uh, daughter friend. <laughs> Only remark on that, daughter loves it. And my wife, I finally, they're like, they're in chapter three. They read a chapter a night. And I was like, so how's uh, Golden Compass? She's like, mm, it's, you know, not something I would have chosen for myself. It's like more fantasy than I would like. Right. But, uh, but my kid's loving it. So that sounds like a good one. Yeah. It's rare, yeah. you know, that, that you can be a, a parent and be reading to your kid and both of you equally enjoy... Uh, do you know the same book and and be in as engrossed 
as the other person. And we definitely had that with the Harry Potter books and the lightning. Harry Potter, that's the, that's the grand slam for that. Oh one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it more so than anything, more so than anything else. And, uh, the lightning thief is pretty good though. I, we're still, we're most of the way through the first book and it's, he's, he really likes that book. He's still really, he's into it. Is that one of the, Oh, that's one of the Percy, Percy Jackson. Okay, that's yeah. one of the Percy Jackson books. Oh, good. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. I'm very glad to hear that. Um, so anyway, thanks, thanks to people for, uh, and you know, and, and I'm, you know, if we have an inadequate year or a, a dearth of timeline, please don't take it personally. Maybe we want it to sound like plastic wrap. Did you ever think of that? Yeah, maybe we do. Maybe we do. Maybe, maybe we put uh, what you call, maybe what you call a filter on it. Right. Maybe we get a, maybe we get a, a low pass filter and they call it a crinkle cut and you, you overlay that on the top through a logic template. Mm. And then, uh, that's the sound of somebody like, uh, like, like messing with plastic. Yeah. I like when people oh. email and say, well, you, you know, the reason why you're having this issue is because yeah. you're not doing this plugin. In fact, you shouldn't even be using logic. You should be using pro tools or you shouldn't be using pro tools. You should be using reaper. Oh, reaper reaper. I got a reaper filter. I just, when I'm talking, I like to just. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Set that aside. Yeah, keep that for later. Yes, that's the, uh, this is the plastic uh, packaging from uh, a yodeling pickle that I was given. Uh, yeah, I saw that on, on the vlog. Yeah, yodeling pickle. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a thing. Um, how's it going? Good, it's good. Good. Real good. Good, good. I accidentally stopped drinking coffee and I kind of can't believe it. How long ago? Um, um, well, it wasn't deliberate at all. I just, I, I found myself wanting to drink this Gaisana, not tea. It's not tea, it's Gaisana. I found myself, now see, I feel like I'm going to pronounce that wrong again. But uh, I've been drinking more of that and I, I really enjoy it. Is it gin? I, I really enjoy- How do I spell that? Just search for the brand name is Runa, R-U-N-A. Runa. Here, let me get the box. Hang on a second. Runa you can just tea. listen to this while I'm looking. While I'm looking. Runa products are made with organic Gaiusa? Gaiusa, that's it. God damn it. Why do I say that wrong? Gaiusa. A naturally caffeinated tea leaf from the Ecuadorian Amazon. Gaiusa yeah. contains healthy polyphenol antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, 25 essential amino acids, and naturally occurring caffeine to give you an uplifting and focused energy. Does it work? I think so. Um, I, I bet it is mostly that it doesn't have as much caffeine as coffee, but I don't feel as jolty. Yeah, that's that's the benefit of even the high caffeine teas, which it sounds like this one might be. Uh, they The way that your body processes the caffeine from tea is different so instead of Shut kind your of mouth. Is, that, is that really true this is really true and huh. it, so coffee kind of gives you a big boost a big push where it kind of the caffeine fully saturates you and then it kind of tapers off pretty quickly after this incredibly jolting pump of of caffeine from coffee whereas with tea it's supposed to be a longer lasting non-jittery like you're describing non-jittery caffeine release so it's better it's better for you it's got pronunciation on the side here guai you sa and it's not tea what is it it's a super leaf (laughs) teas teas for suckers runa products are organic non-gmo fair trade gluten-free paleo kosher and vegan muscle top 
Goyusa is a super leaf from the Amazon. It's been brewed like tea for thousands of years. Goyusa gives you a unique kind of energy, different from coffee or traditional teas. Mm. Uh, we think of it as clean energy. It's how we describe what Amazonian hunters call the mental strength and courage, quote unquote, they get from drinking <laughs> Goyusa. Wow. Can I get a pulse quote for the tea box? Um, so that's good. The, um, you know, what it reminds me of a little bit is, I think this is something having to do with your hypothalamus, but what you know that old phrase? Sorry, sorry. Hypocephalic. Um, but the, uh, the problem is like you sit down to eat and you're really, you, you feel very hungry or you have the effect of being like, Oh, I am so hungry. I'm starving. So you sit down and you go, and you just eat so much food so fast and you eat more food and maybe you have a second helping and you eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. And the way I've heard this explained, and as you know, I'm not a neurologist, no, but I've, I've heard that basically your hypothalamus sends signals to your body that says, okay, you have reached satiety. You do not need any more food, but that takes a little while. And I think a similar thing happens with coffee where I say to myself, oh, I should have a second and a half, a third, a fourth, a fifth coffee. And then it just, it slams me. And it's like, okay, I've now had too much coffee and I can't take it back. Yeah, you're done for. Ooh, that's no good. Now, here's the thing. You were crowing, you were crowing like, like a barnyard timeline the other day about, I don't drink coffee anymore. Yeah. You used to be all about the coffee. Oh, and then, totally. then you acted all, then you acted all like, uh, you're, you're, what do you call it? High pimping? You're high pimping about how you don't drink coffee anymore. What happened? I wasn't high pimping. I, you were uh, high pimping a little bit. I, well, I'm not, you were in kind of a silly mood that day. I was in a silly mood, but I, I haven't had coffee for months now. And what? it's, it's terrible. I'm, I'm not happy with this. It's, um, it's uh, the thing that, like, the doctor said to stop drinking it while my uh, adrenals get better again. And oh be- no, yeah, God. Be- because I had uh, I had over I had overdone it with uh, not enough sleep uh, or poor quality sleep, um, and and too much stress and too much caffeine for okay. too for for far too long. So they they're like, well, don't don't have any caffeine at all, and not just not coffee, but nothing, nothing. And it's what else does that mean besides coffee? What does that mean ruling out for you? Oh, uh, coffee, any kind of tea that has any caffeine in it. But you're not you're not you're not slamming Red Bulls and Diet Cokes or anything. No, I anyway. I've, I've never had that. Uh, but I, yeah. I would have without fail. I would have and and love two cups of coffee, two oh. mugs of coffee every morning. I get it. So they're, what they're saying is stop drinking coffee and don't compensate for the lack of caffeine. Right. I had to completely. Ugh. I have not had caffeine in in at least two months. At all, oh, at any, not even chocolate, like not even, I'm, you know, any, anything with caffeine in it's out. Chimney Christmas. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I, they say I'll be able to get back to it eventually, but that, that if you one of the warning signs, I guess, is if you're, as I definitely was, if you are using coffee or looking to coffee or whatever your caffeinated beverage of choice is, not just for a little boost or a little pick-me-up or a little, I feel a little bit more energy, but you're actually using it like to get the energy you need to function. Like if you find that you're non-functional <laughs> like without it. everybody in right. America. <laughs> but apparently that's like, that's an indication of an early stage. Uh, I was way past that stage, but. Um, no kidding. Yeah, oh bad. My goodness. It's bad. Like they did all these tests and everything else. It's a mess. Oh, Jiminy, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, uh, I didn't uh, mean to go into your just, mess. I need to just, well, I just need to, you know, I'm, I'm well on the road back to being normal again, if you call what I am normal, but oh, it right. will, um, it will work itself out in time, but it, it involves 
changing things up and uh I miss it. Oh man. I loved I always just loved coffee. But you know, it it is it is one of those things that I was always very sensitive to as well. Like we've talked about that, right? Where like if you drink it too late in the day or up too late at night or if you have too much or too like wired and Yes. I miss yeah, it. Yeah, that's though. that's Ah, that's no good. It's very unmindful because I think, um, I sometimes, this is, this is, I've been listening to some uh, audio Dharma, uh, podcasts recently. And one of the things that really strikes me is that idea of becoming, um, and this is not necessarily a Buddhist thing. This is just a brain thing, but the idea of, um, becoming so wound up in whatever the feeling is that you don't have any distance from it. And it's sort of like that feeling equals who you are without any context. I mean, worst case being tripping. Right. Like if you're tripping way too hard and the acid is not good, problems abound. Because <laughs> you're gonna, you're, you're, even if you say to yourself, okay, haha, I'm just have some orange slices and act like you're watching a movie. It's very difficult to do because the feeling of what's going on in your brain is so, you know, sort of overwhelming, you know? And, you know, and, I guess that's obviously that's not as difficult per se, but if it's 11 o'clock and your heart's beating, you may, you know, you really is wise to number one, go, Oh, this is probably that coffee I have at two or three o'clock. In my case, I've said this before, but in my case, caffeine, I think sticks around in my system a lot longer than other people. Um, Wait, I mean, I've looked up the half-life stuff on this and it doesn't, it doesn't jive with the science, but like I, this is not rational, but I really feel like caffeine has a longer half-life for me than other people. So, but the point being that like your first experience of that is, holy crap, I am not loving this. Mm-hmm. And your mind races with thoughts and stuff like that instead of going, number one, oh, that's probably that coffee I had. And number two, maybe I wouldn't have to have this dark night of the soul if I didn't have coffee late in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And you, but like you said, you can't take it back, can you? Like it's it's there. No, no and there's no take backs on coffee. <laughs> yeah, it's in there, <laughs> that, and that's, that's that gives me um one other thing I wanted to mention though. Uh, we've mentioned before. Obviously, we've talked about audio. Is it audio audio dharma dot dot org? I think yeah. And, and people these... will say it's it's actually audio dharma. No, they change it to audio dharma. You're right. Okay. Because dharma is the Pali way to say dharma. But they have it spelled here, so it's fine. I'll put it in the show notes. Dama 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 Demelian. It's from the from the Latin. Yeah, poly Latin. Uh, Andrea's great, though. She's wonderful. I've spoken to her many times. Wonderful. Person. We talked before about um, this. is so interesting. I popped in just for fun. I was in uh, Overcast, and I thought, I well, hmm. I used to do these onesie twosie in Huff Duffer because their site's a little bit old school. The their Audio Dharma site. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, like when you link to a podcast, it just starts playing <laughs> and stuff like that. But um, I just thought just for fun, I'd look in uh, Overcast. I did a quick search and I was like, hey, this is cool. These are in here. I thought, I haven't listened to these in a long time and I should flip through. And first thing, it's cool. Hey, they're in uh, Overcast. You can find, um, they call it the Dharma Talks, yeah. Audio Dharma. Anyway, you'll find it. Look for the Buddha. Look for the Buddha on the label. That's how you know it's working. And uh, I was scrolling through. <laughs> first, it was very funny that, I guess through the summer and into definitely early fall, there were many, many talks about like anxiety and the election. Mm. Um, and then after that, there's several talks after the election, things about leadership and stuff. It's very interesting. I mentioned this here because there's a talk and these are both in show notes right now. Um, there's a talk that uh, Andrea Fella did in 2011 that you and I both liked a lot. 
uh, on anxiety, worry, and fear. Yeah. And I, I thought it was, that's, that's a really, really good talk and a, a great consolation if you're ever feeling freaked out, if you're having a bad morning. It's really nice to listen to. She has a new talk out, um, I think, I want to say from September, that is admittedly a little more focused on her anxiety about the election. But uh, it's, it's a totally different talk, pretty much. Um, and so, um, I just wanted to suggest people can listen to it. She has some really good insight into thinking about, um, you know, just I mean, basic stuff for anybody who does this all the time, but a nice thing to be reminded, which is that like, you know, you, that you are not the thought that you're having and that there's a way that what she basically counsels in this is to use any of these things that you perceive as negative feelings as a way to become more in touch with what it means to be a human being and to be able to not just have a little bit of distance from them. But to be able to look at them as something that could actually be like strangely funny or interesting or potentially joyful to be able to like not be the emotion that you're having and instead to um, have a little bit of a remove from it. I, th I just thought it was a good talk. That's something people might enjoy listening to. Do you need to be a Buddhist in order to appreciate what she's talking about? Do you think? Jesus Christ. No. Yeah. No, you you. You absolutely don't. I mean, I think you need to be a Buddhist if you want to become a Buddhist. But like just to get this is and I know you I don't want to get into a whole thing here. But for years now, you and I have talked about this, you know, a hundred times more about all of this than I do. But I continue to believe that whether or not you choose to look at the, the tenets, say what you will about the tenets of Buddhism, at least it's an ethos. Now, you can look at it. You can look at Buddhism, certainly, I guess, as a religion. You can look at, you can, I think you can certainly look at it as a system of ethics. You can kind of look at it as a system of morality. Mm -hmm. um, but I look at it as a form of psychology. You could, I mean, maybe I'm not doing it right, but I think there's a lot to get out of Buddhism. That is what maybe what Syracuse would call like psychology 101 self-examination. The kind of, we were just talking about this on a recent episode of the program we do about this, this the ability to separate yourself from the rest of the world and see the world as existing outside of, of yourself. And that sounds really obvious. And we think we do that all the time, but I kind of think we don't. Yeah. And it can be really valuable to realize that you are a machine that takes in information and produces thoughts and has actions. But, um, I don't know. This is this is a topic that's become so interesting to me. And we talked about it last episode where I was kind of, I was sounding probably kind of sad sack about this idea of like, what if Apple doesn't care about me? I didn't mean it to sound like I'm depressed or something. I, mean, it's I more don't way think it saying, can like that. Well, you know, people always write and say, are you okay? It's like, yeah, I'm okay. It's just what I'm trying to say is that the, the whole way that you look at the world becomes so much bigger and so, so much taller and broader and deeper when you stop acting like you're the center of everything. And that's good, first of all, because you'll probably be less of a dick on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But it's also good because it enables you to develop, I don't know, maybe more meta. Like you're going to get a little bit more empathy for how the rest of the world is if you don't see yourself as the center of it. And then, so just to cover that point, then the other part, and we're actually going to talk about this, I think, tonight on Reconcilable Differences when we record. But I don't know, just this, this emerging sort of um, nascent science about how we construct reality is very, very interesting to me. Um, like when I first heard the thing about Elon Musk and simulations, like everybody else, I laughed. But then when you read what he's actually saying, it's actually really fascinating. I'm still not necessarily persuaded, but maybe it doesn't matter that I'm persuaded. And that's what makes it interesting. Uh, this guy we're going to talk about, spoiler alert, this guy we're going to talk about tonight, I think his name is Donald Hoffman. If you go out and Google Donald Hoffman, a lot of very interesting stuff. And his basic idea is that, you know, cognition, the, the cognition 
that we get out of evolutionary biology does not necessarily favor people who think they're seeing reality the way it is. Whether you think that's thinking that the earth is flat or that the earth is the center of the universe, that just because you see something a certain way doesn't make it true. And he has some pretty radical ideas about how the human mind reconstructs reality. Um, that's really, really thought provoking. So anyway, that's just that. And do so you have to be a Buddhist? No, you don't have to be a Buddhist. It helps to be a searcher. It helps to be curious. And it helps to be open to the idea that you're still not a, not a completely formed particular piece of crockery. Don't you think? No, you I, think? I, I do. And I think even to further your point, one of the things that Gil said in one of those talks that I had listened to early on, probably 10 years ago, uh, or at least eight years ago, where he, he was saying uh, somebody had come into him to, and asked, you know, I'm Catholic or I'm whatever religion they were, Jewish, whatever it was, and, and said, can I, can I still do this? Can I still come in here? And he said, yeah, of course you can. He said, no, no religion owns the breath. No religion owns breathing. Uh, so, you know, mostly that's what we talk about in here. But if you, you know, if you think about it, that kind of awareness and that focusing on the moment and on where you are and on what's going on all kind of starts with the breath and how often uh, we don't spend any time at all uh, being sort of aware of the fact that we're even breathing, let alone how we're breathing or where or how that can be like a center uh, for us. And so one of the things that um, that uh, that she talks about in in uh, in the talks a lot uh, is how I'm talking about uh, Andrea is how like that can be a center for yourself when you're feeling anxiety or when you're feeling fear or anything really that if you find you're caught in an emotion that there's there's a process that's always going on that's one step down from that that is a really good place to kind of center yourself so you mm-hmm. know I, but people have often said oh well you know like how I, I can't relate to any of this i don't i don't want to learn about buddhism i don't want to learn about xyz or that's not something for me uh, you don't you don't have to know about any of that or learn about any of that to take away tons and tons of stuff from uh, from these talks and from Buddhism as a whole. And, you know, like, there are people who have said, oh, well, Buddh- Buddhism isn't a religion uh, at all. It's, it is a philosophy or something. And, and what I'll say to that is uh, Buddhism doesn't care how you categorize it. And generally speaking, Buddhists don't really care either. Uh, I will say that for a lot of people who are practicing Buddhists, they will tell you that it is a religion because there is an aspect of faith to it. But what's different about it is that it's not faith in uh, in the world or in a god or in a universe. It's faith in uh, in in a belief of truth that that you're on a path to discover uh, things in in a mindful way to discover some wisdom, and and there is a faith in the practice. There's a faith in in that. So there is an aspect of faith. It's just not a traditional kind of faith. And in, I think that would qualify it as religion, but I know lots of people who don't think of it that way or, or, or for whom get tremendous benefits from it just by saying, you know what, I did this kind of meditation or this kind of sitting, or I listened to this talk and it, Buddhism doesn't really ask very much of you, uh, just some attention. So that makes but it also, pretty cool. It, uh, yeah, because good way to put it. And it also, it gives you a lot of very useful models for thinking about things. And this is going to sound like a throwaway, but I'm I'm a little bit I'm reminded of how sometimes people talk about uh, David Allen's getting things done system, where it is like a religion in some ways, in the sense that 
in order, you know, to really do the getting things done system, you have to do all of the getting things done system <laughs> right. all the time. And David Allen is the first person to tell you that, like, if you're not doing a weekly review, that's the most important part. They're all the most important part. You have to do all of them. Otherwise, you're doing something else. I get that. I respect that. And I definitely see why he says that for at least half a dozen reasons. But I'm also here to tell you, that, like, if you learn nothing more than the next action, thinking in terms of projects... And, uh, you know, if you just, if you just learn the next action, you, you know, it doesn't matter if you ever reach quote unquote mind like water, what matters is you've now got a model for understanding how you work, which is I think about my work now and then I do my work then right. and I have periodic reviews, well, however you want to think about that. But I mean, it's, it's, I feel like this is another random example, but you know, do I need to study Judaism and the Talmud in order to be someone who is very questioning and skeptical about how we answer? And I would say, no, you don't. Those are qualities that could be really valuable in lots of different places. It just happens that people who study the Talmud and Judaism happen to be pretty damn good at it. So you don't have to be, I think it's important to separate the people who do the thing and what they're good at from what the thing actually is. And, you know, I, I understand the objection from being, as they say, a cafeteria Catholic. I understand, uh, so what they call it, like where you pick and choose the parts I you like. I love that term. I don't, I've never heard it That's, before. I, I feel like great. I first heard that in the 70s or 80s, which is the idea that like you're not really Catholic unless you do the, the whole nine, but whatever. I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, there are people who are going to tell you lots of things about lots of things. Don't be put off by what something necessarily just looks like at the surface. And don't be put off by thinking it has to be a cult or a weird thing, or you're going to have to wear something on your head or something. Um, sometimes a mental model, I feel like I'm just quoting Syracuse at this point, but a mental model is not perfect. It's not meant to match the world. It's meant to be a vessel for helping you see things in a certain way, in a certain context. And that can be really valuable. And learning when that model does not apply is maybe equally valuable. You know, one size does not fit all. But like, I don't know, to be a learned person, it seems like you have to at least be a little bit open to the idea that there are many different philosophies, religions, traditions um, that do, do not require you to sign on the line that is dotted. You're allowed to go in and <laughs> sip from that stream however you want without, without having to call yourself, a, you know, a Heraclitian or right, whatever. Right. So, you know, be a learned person. Dan, where would people find show notes for this episode of your Back to Work program? Show notes. If you want to find show notes, you can go to 5by5.tv slash B as in the brotherhood, 2 as in the number, W as in walrus slash 301. 301. I put a couple links in to, oops, did I do that one twice? No, wait, I'm on the wrong page. I want to reconcile all the differences. I, I did too many shows. O-M-G. Two, two, eh, 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 dog buns. Okay. Uh, I'm now back in episode 301. I'm clicking. I put some links into the show notes to those two talks. I've identified them as the new talk and the old talk. Mm. Oh, don't put my videos in here. Don't do that. You don't want that? Um, mm. Oh, come on. Let um, me put it in there. I'm not talking for clapping. I know, but I liked it. I think the audience would oh, like thank it. Thank you. It's a challenge. I, and put, so, I put it in there. You didn't put it in there. I put it in there. You put it in there. So it's fine if I put it in you there. You put it in there. It's your timeline for the year, if not mine. If you put it in there... No, if I put it in there, yes. Yes. You put it in there. Yes. And then I also put in links to, yes. I also put in links to where I first discovered this Donald Hoffman fellow, which is on a terrific podcast called You Are Not So Smart. I think I'm going to get this guy's name right someday. I think it's David McRaney. I think that's his name. And he does a wonderful show uh, called You Are Not So Smart um, about all kinds of things having to do with 
the foibles of the mind. No, it's not one of those hidden brain things. Uh, he talks to people about uh, all kinds of stuff around like cognitive biases and whatever. So he interviewed this Donald Hoffman guy, which led me to your best way, your best way in with this Donald Hoffman fellow probably is his TED talk, which is less than 20 minutes long as you do. And it's Donald Hoffman. Do we see reality as it is? Ideas worth sharing. Hmm. Ted, pleased with ourselves. Dan, um, before we continue with the rest of your program, did you want to tell me about something that you like? Yeah, I would love to tell you about Foot Cardigan. Foot Cardigan! Foot Cardigan is back just in time for the uh, for the holidays. Because is this the one that has the sock fairy, Dan? They have... They, sure. Yes. 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 They have a sock fairy. Foot Cardigan, you know, here's <laughs> here's the thing. At one point or another, Merlin, you've given someone a gift. Yes. And you're not incredibly proud of it it's not like you feel bad about it but you're like you know it could have been it could have been better you know what i'm saying like you yeah the peach the peach candle the peach yeah. candle the last minute thing at the electronics you bought from the walgreens whatever sharper image end cap at walgreens mm. yeah we've we all been there we don't want to be i don't want to be that person don't be that guy because it, ru- it really it ruins it'll ruin the whole christmas it'll ruin the whole hanukkah the kwanzaa whatever you got it ruins it yes instead I, I suggest, I put forth that you can give the gift of foot cardigan to everyone on your list this year because it's, it's the best gift you could ever give. They do all the hard work. They deliver socks that are fun to your mailbox. This ensures that you will be giving someone joy, you'll be giving someone fuzziness, and you'll be giving someone happiness. Men, you, women, and a del- kids. delightful surprise. A delightful surprise. Nobody expects socks in the mail. Every month, though, that's the, that's the cool part. And you don't, but here's, the, here's what makes it fun, is you don't get to choose what kind of socks that you're going to get or what someone else is going to get. Every month is a surprise. And it's a little surprise. Like, oh, right, I'm getting socks this month. I wonder what they're going to be. I don't know. I had no influence. I'm just at one with the universe. Whatever comes, that's what, that's what comes. Mm-hmm. And it's an affordable gift, too. It starts at nine bucks a month. And they're a great holiday gift. This is so fun to give to somebody because, in, you know, there are so few things, especially speaking as, as like a guy, there's so few things that we can, we can do. You know, it, back in the old days, you say, well, how would a man distinguish himself? Well, the, the pocket square that he has and the tie that, well, we don't want to walk around pocket squares and ties anymore. How do you do it? How do you set yourself apart from all the other guys that are wearing the, the exact same pair of jeans that you have? You get some cool socks that they're never going to have. And, uh, and that's what they're all about. Nine bucks a month. And, uh, and, and, and you can go try this. Get this. For, it's a wonderful gift. It's wonderful. So go to footcardigan.com, footcardigan.com, and you will get 10% off your purchase. The coupon code is just the word work. Promo code work. So go check it out. Footcardigan.com, promo code work. You'll get 10% off your order and uh it's a wonderful gift i've uh i'm signing up for it for myself this year and it's a wonderful way to give someone a little gift and they think of you every month and they they love you and they're nicer and everyone's happier mm. footcardigan.com work thanks footcardigan buck buck audio dharma audio dharma tyvek envelopes Tyvek envelopes. Tyvek envelopes. Tyvek envelopes. Audio dharma. Audio dharma. Audio dharma. Tyvek. Tyvek. Support of the future. 
Uh, I just see. watched a movie. I, I wonder if you remember the movie Enemy Mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Lou Gossett Jr. in Lou, makeup. Yeah, Lou Gossett Jr. as the alien and Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, the young the Dennis human. Quaid. Yeah. That's the only good kind of Dennis Quaid is a young Dennis Quaid. Hmm. Was it was it good? Does it hold up? That's a pretty 80s movie. <sighs> uh, it's very 80s. Does it hold up? The effects I remember as not being... The makeup, I think, is still very good, but the effects back then, I think, were pretty bad for the time, and they're horrible now. Mm. But the story is still interesting, hmm. and there's some good lessons, and my kids both liked it, even though they did a couple S-bombs in the movie that were I didn't remember. Mm. But Boy, these put crazy stuff in movies. I know. Ghostbusters. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pity. Um, so it sounds like you have some. Well, first of all, I just need to ask because it's it's once a month. Did you ever do your hue lights? Or have you still got the kibosh on the hue lights? They are still in the staging area right now. Okay, type in <laughs> but that, we've got Christmas in. Christmas break coming up, so maybe okay. I'll I'll be able to make some headway there. The changes right, are a big deal. It's a you know, <laughs> changes hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also heard that uh, you have some exciting updates on your PC you're building. Ah, uh, yes. I wound up not even building it and just buying a pre-built one with great success. Um. Basically, I uh, I had been um, I had been researching these different parts, and our listeners had some great suggestions on. Oh, you know what? Try try parts from here, or try prebuilt systems from here and here and here. And I I feel a little bit like I copped out in a way because I know there was a huge community of of PC builders who were just waiting, waiting. What's Dan going to do? What's he going to build? What's he going to get? And uh, and I actually bought like what is probably the most well known gaming PC company. I bought a, an Alienware, which was bought by Dell, uh, believe it or not. But it still seems to be Alienware with living within Dell. Uh, you just buy it through their site because they had uh, some really amazing Black Friday deals. So I had the I had my cart full of all these parts. And then for some reason or other, I was just doing research and reading some reviews of some pre-built systems. And I went over and I said, well, you know, I wonder if, I wonder if they're having any sales for Black Friday. I went over to the site. Lo and behold, for really the same price as uh, building it myself, I could get the Alienware, which comes in a really cool case. And you get really great support from, well, as great support as there is in the PC world from, uh, from them built in and they assemble it and they send it and it's there in like two or three days. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try this. And I did. And it's a really great machine. And in the whole process of setting it up, and it looks cool. And like the power button is the little alien, the gray alien head. And it lights up when you, you know, little things that kids are going to love or gamers of all ages, I suppose. Uh, but it's it's an amazing machine. It's incredibly fast. Obviously, the games and the graphics are amazing. But it has been the longest time since I tried uh, doing anything significant with, with Windows, using it for any length of time. And my memories of it are back, you know, when I mean, my, the most time I spent on Windows is probably around the same time I think you were using it a lot, which is like the Windows NT, Windows XP time period. That was like when it was a workhorse machine, when I was working in the corporate world doing like Java development and PHP development. And these were the machines that we built on and for. And 
that was a long time ago. And I've experimented and dabbled in Windows just to kind of keep current, but I hadn't really spent a lot of time in it. It's come a very, very, very long way to the point where, as shocked as I am uh, to say this myself, if, uh, if it was as easy and straightforward to get Rails, the development environment running on Windows as it is on Mac or Linux, I would, I would be tempted. I would be Hang tempted. on. You're talking about software here? The, the OS? Yeah. It feels... Really? It's wow, tough. that's fine. super. It's, you know what? I'm at the point where I don't even care. I don't even care. Give me a mouse and a pointer well, and Chrome. It's not and like I'm the fine. Mac is, yeah. I mean, it's not like Mac OS is getting that much more interesting. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it isn't like we're going, well, I, I couldn't get away from that because I can't X, or I wouldn't get away from that because I'll never be able to Y. Like, hmm, you know? Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm dumb. What is the operating system that's running? Windows? Windows 10 is the current one. And I'll tell you, it's the best Windows that I've used in a very long time. It, um, there's still some things about it that are just so different and make you feel like you're in a completely different universe than, than being on the Mac. And I still prefer Mac OS by uh, many, many, many miles to Windows. But it's... It has these tiles, isn't that? Was that Metro? What was that called? Oh, it's, Metro. It's, yeah, you don't have to use the tiles. Oh, we're not using the tiles. Oh, okay. You can put, just have like a regular desktop. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We don't do, deal with any of that crap. And uh, and the I think I think where you see the tiles used more. I may be wrong, so listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. But if you're using the Windows runs on different pl- hardware, it's not just it's not just for PCs where you're in a traditional sort of keyboard and mouse with a screen type situation, there's a lot of touchscreen stuff that happens, whether it's on a Surface or whether it's just on a regular PC with a touchscreen. There's mm-hmm. a lot of those around. And because of that, the um, the tiles, I think, come in handy for giving you big tap targets that you can just touch on a screen. So I think that's that's okay. where they're being used mostly. But you can absolutely still use it like a traditional, you know, you get a start menu and you've got a taskbar and you can just do stuff. But Again, I haven't been sitting in front of this thing for eight hours a day like I'm with a Mac, and I don't really want to. But I'll tell you what the you know I we spent fifteen hundred bucks on this computer, and it's like a an i seven sixty five hundred with sixteen gigs of RAM and the GTX ten eighty with eight gigs of RAM. I mean, this is a monster of a machine. It's got an M two a flash boot drive and like a two terabyte internal drive with room to spare and an eight hundred and fifty watt power supply. Like this is a monster machine that is going to last him for many, 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 many years. And it's upgradable. Uh, like none of the things we can get with Apple anymore. None of them. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I'm not saying I'm switching. I'm not looking to switch. No, I but know. I know. It's just, it's super frustrating to see a machine. that's so ch- 1500 bucks. For a machine like that, and it's driving a 4K display, Ugh, it looks well, it's, great. It's, it's the the part that that's so stark in what you're describing. I mean, from a remove, like where I'm watching from, is that you know it really felt like there was a time six or seven years ago where you go, "Ha, you've got to be kidding me!" Yeah, you know what I mean. Like because you really could say, "Well, you know, you can buy a pretty good Mac for definitely under like two thousand dollars, and it's going to do all this stuff." And da da da. And I don't know, it just, I have not kept track of that. I've heard, I heard really varying things about how f- people feel about Windows 10, but I'm, I'm glad to hear it's working for you. But in that case, I'm not, that's not a cynical, I don't mean it that way. No, I don't. But, but just, just in the sense of like, you know, uh, it sounds like it isn't quite the chasm 
that it used to seem like. Yeah, I think it that's isn't, a good way to say it. Yeah, which you want that chasm to be there. If you're <laughs> if you're bought in on Mac stuff, you know, but and without 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 regurgitating or revisiting everything that everybody else has been saying for months and years, like, gosh, it really it would be kind of neat to to feel like the Mac's a no brainer again. No, it and, really. I would. mean, the, the whole the platform, everything, like the yeah. DOS, the um, the devices, and everything. And I still feel, I guess, I still feel I, I can't imagine using anything else for a phone, no way, or a tablet. But yeah, no, it's um, you know, I wonder if if it's in some ways the part we'll remember most about this weird period is how on these new models there was stuff and there was improvements and there was not regressions but stuff that got taken away. And then the price went up a little bit. Right. You know, and, yeah. and that that's, I think that's, that's a little bit weird. Do you know what I mean? No, it is. And you know, it's, it's also frustrating and, and kind of disappointing to, you know, I was just reading, I think it's Mac rumors that had a couple articles about how, uh, some of the, some of the MacBook pros are report, the users are reporting like three hour battery life instead of the nine hours. There's other uh, people who are reporting that their graphics are having like the crazy screen graphics and failures and other things. And it's like, come on, come on, Apple, like you're better than that. Yeah. Now, you know, it might just be a couple people, the, the squeaky wheel, but. But Still. then you also got the reports about, and I saw this via links from Marco, but I have not had this experience, but other people talking about, well, I kind of had this, but the experience of trying to get help where, you know, it used to be fairly, fairly simple. Somebody had a good post about this. I'll find it on Marco link to, oh, I forget the person's name, but had a, had a post about basically like needing to get some help with something at Apple. And, you know, time was <clears throat> you could just go to the Apple store. Well, we understand that's not maybe not sustainable. There's going to be lines. I think generally the conventional wisdom now is that mm, you're going to wait an hour or two at least if you just show up at the, and need to get into the Genius Bar. Right. But it's also not as easy as it used to be. You you can't do it inside that one app anymore. And they have this. Did you read this article that this that the web app that they point you to? They say go to Safari and go to this web website, and the site just doesn't load sometimes. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. No, it's I'll terrible. find this. I'll find this for notes. But I mean, this is all anecdotal. But I mean, I I went through this with you know that I, I went through something like that with um, Marco Arment with um, getting my wife's phone fixed, where there was that weird bug. Mm. Well, first of all, they they were kind enough to replace the screen or replace the the unit for a hundred dollars, yay! And then there was that bug that became like a pretty well known bug with the Apple ID saying it's in use. And, but that whole thing, I'm mean, like, you, I had to make an appointment. I think it was just a little under a week out because it was around the time the iPhone seven was coming out. And the, the closest appointment I had was at least like four or five days out. And then when I had to go back in a second time, you know, you do that again. <laughs> right. But anyway, I guess what I'm, it's, this is all anecdotal and maybe we're being karma sucks, but boy, you know, it's it's weird to be in a time where the main fallback for us Apple fanatics and former fanatics is, well, you know, the iPhone's still really great. It's yeah. like, well, wow, but like, what about all the other stuff? Like, what's going on? It's odd. It's very odd. Yeah, I mean, I don't, and I don't know, I don't know what to make of it all. I really, I really don't. I feel like, you know, it, it you, what, what we're not going to see is we're not going to see people 
a mass exodus of people saying, screw, screw the Macintosh. I'm going to go and get a PC. Like that's, that's not going to happen the way that it definitely did from, you know, PC users who, who through the halo effect of some of Apple's other products, whether it was the iPod or the iPhone or the iPad eventually found their way to saying, well, I need a new computer. Maybe I'll try this Mac thing. I, I don't think we're going to see that there. It's, it's not like I've thrown my hands up or anyone I know is saying I'm going to get a windows machine and there's a plenty of reasons why, but I'll tell you what, like it's, it is not the horrible experience that I thought it was. The operating system is much better. The hardware in general and the hardware manufacturers that are out there are, are much better. And you can really put together if you're into gaming or something like that. Uh, and, and like now, and, and here's another thing that came out of this. I was just, you know, cause um, this is the kind of person I am. I'm sitting there thinking, I wonder, I wonder what it'd be like to get rails going on this. And no, that is, seems like a very logical thing to try out. Just like just try it. Well, it's a check-in. Like, let's see, you know, it's like you got a local cafe that sucks and you go like, I'll check in every few months and see if it got any better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, That's a great I'd, be analogy. I'd be kind of dumb not to be pulling for it. Yeah, no, it's a perfect analogy. And and so I, I thought, you know, okay, I'll try it out. And there's, there's, um, I asked some friends about it and they said, oh, well, there is apparently the Ubuntu Linux people were involved or are involved in some way. And there's this Linux subsystem for Windows where you can basically get like, <laughs> that sounds efficient. <laughs> you can get like Linux running in, in, with, uh, anyway, long story short, Rails development still, and here, here come the emails, but Rails development compared to Mac or Linux still really sucks on Windows. Really, really sucks. Uh, it's nowhere near, I guess, as far as getting it set up, getting everything you need to go, and then it, having the different flavors of databases that you want to run. And it's so much more straightforward and easier on on anything but Windows, really. that it, That's enough to scare me away. But I found out one of the... I always wondered why would anyone do Django or write in Python when you have the most beautiful, elegant uh, Ruby language and, uh, and, and rails there for you, which is my bias. I love it. You know, it's the, it's the same thing as the VI and Emacs war, uh, the, the Ruby and rails and Python and Django, Python and Django is a really a natural thing on the windows side. And I think that is a big reason why it's popular Oh, that's why you said that in that too. Okay, yeah, I get it. No. It's, it's I understand. I've I've been learning about this, and a lot of the people who were responding to me about Windows or talking to me about Windows, they're doing development and they're doing uh, Django development or they're doing Python development, and it is it is very natural and easy on Windows, and that explains to me why it has uh, not that there's anything wrong with it. It's a, a lovely framework, but it, it seems like it's so much easier and more accessible to people in Windows. Uh, but I'll tell you, I mean, I just. As far as like a tablet goes, like if I wasn't doing, de- if I wasn't doing development, mm-hmm. I'd be just fine on a Windows machine now. Just fine. Yeah. When my daughter does reading comprehension or they, they're learning some coding, it's all in Chromebooks mm-hmm. at her school. Mm-hmm. She loves coding day. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Now, okay. So the Rails thing, what was it used to be? You had to, was it Sigwin you used to have to get? Cygwin, that's still around. Cygwin. Yeah. Yep, that's still around. And that's what enables you to do Unix-like environment stuff on, a, on Windows? Yeah, I mean, you can, there are, for, for all the people out there who are going to be emailing, there are plenty of ways to install Rails. And then, yes, you can download PostgreSQL and you can use Docker and you can do, I'm ta- you know, but what, what I'm talking about is I want to open a terminal and natively be able to just start typing commands. I don't want to have to go through tons and tons of hoops to just get the basics installed and going. Uh, but 
Yes, Igwin was was the one that lets you essentially gives you a Unix shell, but apparently the Windows Linux subsystem is even a little better and lower level. I didn't I didn't delve much into it, but it's I think it's there if you want it. But they don't let you do server stuff. Because okay. I think they, they don't want you to <clears throat> take a Windows PC and turn it into a server. That would be too much. Oh, interesting, really. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So back to the real world here. Mm, this is for your yeah, Mazeltov. This is for your kid to play games, right? Totally for games, yeah. And so did you get it set up and everything? Yeah, set up easy. I mean, You're it's all, nothing. But I mean, is he like playing games on it? I guess I'm saying. Yeah, he's playing all his games. The game, you know, with one of the things that has really revolutionized games as far as distribution mechanisms is uh, Valve came out. Valve, the makers of Half Life uh, and Portal fame, came out with something called Steam. And mm-hmm. Steam is their distribution pla- sales and distribution platform for games. So big games, uh, as well as indie games developed, you know, just by like a couple people or one person, all of these, this is a marketplace and a distribution installation and update platform for, uh, for Mac PC. And I believe it runs just fine on Linux and supports all the games through Linux. So you basically, it's, it, I guess you could say it's like an iTunes type store or an app type store focusing exclusively on games and you can go and you can look at at the game you can watch the videos uh, of the game that the author has posted and screenshots you can read reviews from other people and see the ratings and then if you want to try a demo if there is one you can download it install it right there you can buy it right there in the store uh, with one type click and uh, and then the game installs and it also brings you news and, and sends updates down and everything so it's a really convenient really nice way and that's actually how a lot of people are building, especially indie indie people, are building and distributing their games. And if their game is cross-platform, then they can uh, install it on whatever computer that they want. In many cases, you could buy the game, and that usually entitles you to all of the uh, all of the versions of it. So my son bought one new game. I mean, I bought it for him. It was oh, like, so the login goes with you to that's different right. platforms. That's right. Wow. But it also makes it easy when you're setting up a new computer, as he was, where he just we just logged in and I just go down the list and click install on all the games and an hour later they're all downloaded they're all installed and it functions in a similar way that um where on the on the on an iOS device you might use um iCloud or what's the I just slipped my mind the name of the is a game center Mm-hmm. On on the iOS, where it will save your progress in games or whatever, it'll save them up and become like your centralized authentication login and saved game uh, hub. That Steam also works that way. So all the games that he'd been playing, it remembered exactly where he was. It remembered what he was doing. Uh, it is costumes or character whatever creations were all there. Everything is just there. So it almost makes it like. You know, if the machine ever, like if you lost everything, which is essentially, you know, I didn't try to migrate data over from his old machine. I just installed Steam, downloaded the games, and he launched it. And he's like, oh, good. This is where I was. It was just done. It's brilliant. Wow. So it sounds like a successful experiment so far. Yeah, pretty good so far, I'm surprised to say. And uh, this is the first PC that I've bought and owned. And I don't even know how long. The last time I was playing games was like Half-Life 2. This has been a very, very, very long time. Jiminy. It's working fine. And, you know, like they've built in antivirus. Windows has its own antivirus stuff, and you can download other Windows antivirus things, which you should do uh, on top of it, because that can apparently be still be a big problem 
But there is something very cohesive about OS X. And I think that's always been one of the biggest arguments that I've made and that others have made in favor of Mac OS as, as a whole is just there's something very cohesive about it. It doesn't feel like lots of little moving parts. Like if you're, if you're very familiar with auto mechanics, like whether it's motorcycles or cars or whatever, if you've ever spent any time working on cars or bikes, I think you get a, a notion that a car is not a thing. It's lots and lots of little other things hmm. playing yeah. and working toward and in some cases against one another. You experience it when you're using it as that one thing, but there's a lot under the hood, so to speak. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. And I think it's Windows, you're more aware of those moving parts and pieces than you are in OS X. And on Mac OS, it makes it, and really all of the Mac OSs going back to System 7, it just feels like it's a single thing that you're interacting with. When you're moving uh, the mouse, you're really moving the cursor, and everything that happens is well, well beneath the surface, and, and you don't. it doesn't feel like lots of little things. Whereas Windows, it still has that, well, when the, you, know, the, you feel like the start menu is, is a program that you're running. It's an app that you're running. And when you click this, it, there is, this is a separate thing. When you go to install this, the Windows system alert, virus antivirus thing wakes up and does a thing it, it feels like they're they're all separate layers or separate pieces as opposed to just a single unified thing i don't think i'm doing a good job of explaining that no no i know what, i know i think i know what you mean it's it might seem a little to a mac user it might seem a little bit more abrupt because or especially to an ios user because ios has this these all these abstraction layers to mask what's going on um to where like for example, like on a Mac, what was I running? Oh yeah, there's this thing actually I bought that I was gonna I wanted to tell you about today. But it's one of those pieces of software that comes with its own. Like, hey, if you want to use this with your Mac, download this weird software. And I don't know what it is. I mean, I I don't think it's Java. I but it's one of those. It feels like it got ported from something. Mm. And you start it up and it runs and the menus look weird. Yeah. Like that used to be a worse problem, <laughs> right. but you're, it's still like it runs in this one window and then you quit and it says, are you sure you want to quit? And like all these kind of weird things that just seem a little bit off. It's kind of like a play about a program. Sure. But, but that's, you know, it's just if you're, if you're Apple and you are on the one hand making all of the stuff mostly in the stack and then be like that you have such a rich vocabulary that's kind of honored by most of your third-party developers or has to be honored in the case of iOS, you, you don't see those apps. You don't see, you know, you, you, all you see is the abstraction layers. Yeah. So I don't think that's weird at all. Yeah. Well, good. Well, you should keep us up to date on that. Yeah. I th I'm fascinated because it feels like I've stepped back into a world where things are still very, very similar. And I, I still remember a lot of what's going on there to my own surprise. I thought I had completely forgotten everything. Well, it's also funny that anytime you change from one thing to another, you know, there's, there used to be a funny phenomenon, at least in the early 2000s to, you know, in the, in the, in the aughts, there was a funny phenomenon of people moving from Windows to Mac. In some cases, it was people moving from Linux or Windows to Mac because, oh, it has, you know, Unix now. Um, and I'm very comfortable with Unix. I don't really care about the Mac stuff, but mm -hmm. et cetera. And then there were other people who were like, wow, this is really, this is really you know, it had grown up and people like us felt good about recommending it. But a phenomenon that I feel like I noticed, and this might be confirmation bias on my part, but it always struck me as funny that people who'd been using Windows for their entire life or career would get on the Mac 
and it didn't seem that weird after like a week or so. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, but people who have been using Macs for a long time would go to Windows and it almost never stopped feeling a little bit weird. <laughs> right. I can see And then that. when you go back, you go, oh man, this is that, that glass of cold water. But you know, it's always, I feel like there, anytime I do this, whether it's an old app or an old, a different operating system, which I don't do so much anymore, but I have this, this funny series of things that usually would happen, which is the first is I would go, wow, this is really different than I've been using. You know, this feels so different. And then there would be a little bit of panic that like, this is, doesn't work the way that I expect. But then after you used it for a little while, even like a day or so, you start saying, oh yeah, yeah, I remember how to do that. Oh, and then you just kind of go, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, I forgot that Android lets me do this with my home screen and stuff like that. That's really neat. I can move these icons around. Oh, that's, that's really cool. But then at some point, usually, depending on how dyed in the wool you are, you eventually go, oh, I forgot about this. And that's, it's one of those things that's maybe not so good about yeah. it. It's a limitation or it's a, some kind of weird error that you remember getting a lot in the past. And you go, well, this is the whole reason I changed from X to Y. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's not that many operating systems, so many, well, I can't say that. But it feels like, you know, people are pretty into doing what they're doing. I'm just, I still feel bewildered by the by computerality of people who use like Windows at work and Mac at home. It seems like that would be, it'd be so confusing to me to do that. To go back and forth constantly. Just, just in that like one and a half year period that I was using a PC a lot, I had to use that because it was the only, really the, there, there was not a good way to do cold fusion on a Mac. I mean, oh, I no. could write it on a Mac, but it was really like writing HTML by hand. Whereas, you know, there were better tools for that on Windows and I could run that sort of development environment such as it was and test it out and et cetera. But like, even then, if I was spending, you know, say one third to two thirds of my time for a while, my, my fingers would get so confused about where the meta, various meta keys were. And that just, it made me feel like I was nuts. You know? Yeah, that switching back and forth. It is really weird. I don't know. I feel like you'd almost have to kind of pick, you kind of have to pick one. I think it's true for lots of stuff. Yeah, pick pick away and do it. But yeah, keep us updated on uh, on how that's proceeding. I'm glad he's having fun. Yeah, that's the main thing is he's he's having a blast. And I was talking to um to a couple of my friends who are big gamers and saying, you know, like this was kind of his his present, but you know, like his, his grandmother and his grandfather, they want to get him, you know, they want to get him like a game or something for Christmas. Are there any games that it's not just destruction and mayhem? And so I've been getting some good uh, suggestions, but if, if our listeners have suggestions for games, he plays the first person shooters and loves them. And he's, sees more violence in those games. It's not like we're, I'm giving him grand theft auto or anything quite like that, but yeah, you know, he, the, you know, so it's it's not like it's not like you know he needs a gingerbread man game or something. But you know, if you guys have <laughs> if you have good suggestions, I would love to hear your suggestions. You can hit me up on uh, on Twitter or email me. Yeah, send them in. And if you have feedback about uh, anything that Dan got wrong about PCs, yeah, please send you can it. send that to correct Dan <laughs> yeah. at example dot org. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes people do actually do that. They don't know that that's a joke. Yeah, that e- that email address won't work. Well, well, actually, actually, that's a not didn't return to me. Mm-hmm. I know that's why I said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called called being funny. Dan, tell me about a uh, second thing that you like. Fresh books. Fresh books. So let me let me set up the scenario for you. Let's say you're you're set up the scenario. I'll, I'll let me lay it out for you. 
Mm. Imagine this. You're racing against the clock because you got three projects all going. You got a meeting coming up in the afternoon. You get the paperwork sitting up on your desk. I'm describing a life of, of a freelancer. This is and it really a small business, medium-sized business person. Multiple jobs. You got multiple jobs. You got multiple things to do. And it's hard. It's hard to do all of this. And what usually winds up happening in my personal experience of doing this for a long time, you neglect the things or you put off the things that you don't love to do or that are, feel hard or that are you know, maybe not the most fun. And a lot of the time, this is accounting or invoicing or the things that really you have to be doing because they're really important, but they don't feel like they're important because they don't either make you feel good or lead to some kind of money. You know, they, they, they eventually lead to money in the sense that you got to get paid, but like it's not generating, you're not making something, you're not creating something, you're not completing a statement of work. It's like, all right, I got to go invoice, I got to go track time. FreshBooks makes all of this fun and easy. If you can imagine accounting and, and invoicing being fun, yeah, they actually make it really pleasant and really nice. And they have an all new version of their cloud accounting software redesigned from the ground up, custom built based on the way they saw people working and using their software since it began all those years ago. They said, this is how people are using it. These are the features that are the most popular. We're going to take them and we're going to make them even better. And that's exactly what they did. And uh, it's not only ridiculously easy to use, it's got tons of really powerful features. Obviously, you can create and send professional-looking invoices, usually in less than 30 seconds. You can set up online payments with a couple clicks so that you can actually, when you invoice someone, they get a little pay now button and you can accept payments right there through FreshBooks. That averages in you getting paid like four days faster. And you can even see when your client has seen the invoice, put an end to the guessing games, you send it to them, you see a little thing that says, this is when they click, this is when they open, they got it. So they have a special for our listeners, a 30-day unrestricted free trial. To get this, you go to freshbooks.com slash back to work. And there will be their little sign-up form. It's critical that you enter into that. Uh, how did you hear about us? Back to work. You fill that out because that supports the show. That lets them know that you didn't just uh, you didn't just stumble upon it, but that you came there from us. So go there, check it out. Freshbooks.com/slash/back-to-work, and uh, and do give this a try. Thirty days unrestricted free trial. It's uh, it's a wonderful system. Great for freelancers, medium-sized businesses, uh, small businesses, everything in between. Go check it out. Thanks very much to Freshbooks for supporting Back to Work with Merlin Mann. Great service. Thanks, FreshBooks. Looking at my list of things. Do you find it weird also that um, <clears throat> none of the Apple laptops have the little Kensington lock port on them anymore? Why, you know? Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, weird. they took that off a, many years ago, at least, at least three years ago. Maybe it's even more. And... Uh, and that's that's frustrating. I always have to lock my computer if I'm in a semi-public, like if for people who do co-working or who have like an office in a shared space or whatever, uh, or even if you just don't trust the neighborhood where your office is, you might want to lock it up. Sure. They yeah, took I've, that, I've got they one took of mine. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't answer your question, but it does get to the thing we keep prattling on about every week or two, which is that it's... Um, 
the, the part that makes all this Kremlinology so frustrating, you know, you remember Kremlinology. It's the idea that um, you would try and uh, figure out what was really happening inside the Kremlin by looking at all these tea leaves to sort of like figure out like, oh, if they're doing this kind of thing, this person was invited to the to the uh, meeting, but this person wasn't. And this person was in the photo, but this person wasn't. You basically use all of this publicly available information that may or may not be useful to try and cobble together some idea about something you have no way to actually know about. And that's what we do with Apple. Because we don't know why they do what they do, and it can be really, really perplexing. So, you know, when you say like, well, and again, I'm, I'm not totally up to date on what all the updates are, but you say to somebody, well, there's somebody out there who has this much money to spend on something that has no more than eight gigs of RAM, and they want a screen like this, they're definitely going to want these kinds of ports. Mm, they're not going to want MagSafe. Nobody wants that anymore. They're not going to want the little light on MagSafe. They're not going to want anything that lets you know whether the computer's charged. They're not going to want a Kensington. They don't want any of that stuff. We have to kind of like drive ourselves crazy guessing why they make those decisions, either from a top-down level of like Tim Cook is an operational guy and he wants to take off yeah, every dingus, right, right. or from the bottom up. And the bottom up thing is like, okay, well, draw me a picture. You would do this in, you know, back in the day in, of designing websites and interfaces, it would be interesting to come up with these profiles of, of the various users of your site and what they wanted and who they were. And use you like use like a stock photo and to try and make a, that person come alive. <laughs> the the part where the criminology turns me into a crazy person is when I go, who is this for? <laughs> like, <laughs> who like it's who's excited to go? Oh, finally, they're rid of the Kensington lock. Like ah, you know, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's so strange, and you make yourself crazy trying to figure out like why they do that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, and then you come up with these these general unified field theories like Tim Cook is an operations guy, and therefore he wants to remove every everything that could cost even a penny or you've got Johnny Ive and his team in the white room want everything to be as thin and curvy as possible or whatever it is. But none of the answers are very satisfying because for every example you can find that you think has a basis in reality, you find three to five other things that need a different model to account for it. And that that's the part where you feel crazy. And that's the part where you go, Hey, look, you know, we're the fan club. Like, tell us what we're supposed to think about this. Like, you know, if, you know, if you're never going to update the Mac Pro, like, why don't you just say so? Yeah. Like, well, we have to guess why they don't say so. <laughs> and that makes you crazy. So what do you do? You go out and buy the Mac MacBook Pro and hope for the best, I guess. But it's there's not there is not a climate of trust in Apple's decision making that there was that they had accumulated over the years. I'm putting this poorly. Apple had gotten real good at, even when we didn't know what they were doing, we could assume that what they were going to do was probably pretty smart, maybe pretty good for us, and that eventually it would make sense. And we're still, we're still in this strange period where the pieces of new information about what they're doing do not make it any clearer where they're going unless you do some kind of guessing in Kremlinology. Because they're never going to give you a picture, oh, this is this is a woman named Sally, and she's who we made this for. They're never going to do that. And it's odd. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't really know how el what else we're supposed to do but wonder and and become those criminologists. I mean, well, I mean if the, the the super fans will continue to say, "Hey, at least they got the iPhone." But, you know, if if you're not a little bit skeptical or confused or curious about where this is going, I think you're really not paying attention. <laughs> Have you, you know? did you watch the latest, I believe it's season 3 of uh, Black Mirror? Um, about half of it. I watched some of it. I saw the one with the the two women that was amazing. Yeah, I've seen a few. Well, the first episode, um, 
they uh, with the uh, with the woman where everyone's sort of ranking each other on the social oh, networks with Bryce uh, Dallas yeah, Howard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a fun episode. That was really good. One of the things though that I just thought they nailed is uh, that the they didn't show a whole lot of it, but they showed a lot of the user interface and their computers of the future and smartphones of the future. And it's funny because whoever they had doing that really nailed it because their user interfaces, whether it was on their smartphones or whatever their devices were uh, or on their computers, because it shows them working with computers, it was a, it seemed like a very natural progression of this is what we have now. What will we have in five or 10 years from now? And it felt really like they had, I mean, I'm sure that things won't be that way because Star Trek, but it, it really was so good and so spot on. And it makes you think, you know, how will we get there? How will we get to, because I have to tell you, I think iOS and the iPhone, it's the best operating system and the best smartphone uh, around. And I, I try to use all of them. I think it's the best, but I would not say that it's easy to use compared to what they were using on the TV show. And yes, it's TV, it's Hollywood, but it's not like they had a thing where, you know, it's, it's Tom Cruise grabbing things in a virtual reality 3d thing. It's not like that. It's, you know, it was just, yeah. Oh yeah, man. I wish the apps worked like that. Or that would be cool. Why don't we have that? Or can't, why can't we click that way or whatever? And I just, I wonder when we're really going to get there. I remember, uh, John Syracuse said to me on, now, one of the later episodes of Hypercritical, he was complaining how things feel slow. Everything feels slow on on an iPhone. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It feels slow. He's like, yes, everything is slow. It takes forever for this to happen. It takes, you know, and, and, and he broke it down in the way that only he can break something down. And ever since then, I've really been conscious of the fact that, yeah, like everything's really slow. <laughs> like Like the iPhone, the whole operating system, even on the fast hardware, it's much slower than it feels like it should be. And that's not my biggest, yeah, that's not my biggest Mm. complaint. Ask him about it. My biggest complaint is, um, is that it's like, it's not fun to use. And I'm, I, maybe I'm just dumb, but things don't necessarily work exactly the way that I want them to work. And I spend a lot of time using my phone, a lot of time. And I can't tell you how often it's frustrating to select the right, uh, you know, piece of text that I want to select or switching from, you know, putting the, the cursor on the right character in the menu bar or switching between the two apps. Or cutting oh, and yeah. Stuff or, like that. I thought you're talking about like the speed of the device, but I agree on that. I have been using it a lot for a long time and yeah. I still like I'm I pretty still, good. I'm pretty good at using my iPhone, you know, well, getting but like, <laughs> let's say you're on a page and for whatever task is going to come third, you know, the next thing you need to do is get the contents of the, um, browser bar into the, into the uh, clipboard. And like, there's like four ways I get that wrong. Uh-huh. Like I might hit the wrong thing and send it to the back to work as a link from a bookmarklet. I might know, but I mean like uh, I will sometimes I, I cannot get it. I'm putting this poorly, but sometimes I, I hit the X and accidentally delete whatever the contents are. And when I grab, it wants to grab the whole thing. What if I only grab part of it? Like I still have not mastered that. I, I have gotten very into whatever it's called, the 3D touch for editing and moving around in text, um, that is really worth learning and using mm-hmm. on a phone. Because it's if you're editing text, boy, that is that is the best. But no, you're right. But one problem is that like it feels like in the modern or the contemporary age, there's really only two speeds on a device. Once you've used it for more than a few days, there's normal and slow. 
Nothing feels fast after a while. Things only feel fast when you first use them. There aren't that many things that we do where we notice, hey, it's faster today than yesterday for more than a day or so. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. There's really only normal and slow. And that's part of it. Where I feel like my success is a very capable device, but still just getting around from screen to screen, which is a thing I just, you have to do sometimes, you know, and that still feels a little mopey sometimes. And then there are some kinds of things, they were talking about this today on Connected, there's certain kinds of things, like when you're trying to do the photo thing inside of messages, where you're like, this seemed really improbably slow, and I don't think it's just me. Like, there's those kinds of things that happen. But there's also just a, and boy, we're just bitching now, this is so annoying, but there's also just this sense of like, well, we got this most of the way done, and we'll throw it out there now. Like, extensions, the existence of extensions is one of the greatest things. Like, there's so much that I do with extensions in iOS all the time. I mean, far and away, one of the top ones would be sending this to Instapaper. I do that a lot. I'll copy whatever this thing is. Uh, I'll save this photo to my photo roll. Like, if I'm on a web page and I want to use it for something, there's all kinds of little, like, like onesie twosies like that. But, like, you know, you got to go and set up the icons for all of those in every app, which makes sense on one level. Right. But like, I feel like there was the bug a long time ago where they, you would lose the order between sessions and stuff like that. But there's still this stuff where you're like, Apple's, I made, I think I made this joke before here. I know I made it on Do by Friday last week. Apple stuff works great as long as you don't use it. Um, and if you use it a little bit, it'll probably work fine. If you use it a lot, a lot, and you haven't found what's wrong about it, you're not using it enough yet. Because once you use it a lot, you're going to discover deficits that are going to drive you bananas. Apple TV is a great example. The Apple TV is fine if you use it once in a while to watch something, one of the five movies you bought. But like, if you really use it a lot, it'll start to drive you crazy. Maybe this is true of every device, but I, I just feel like there's there's certain kinds of things that if you are a, as we used to say, power user, you bump up against some frustrating user interface elements pretty quickly that end up leading to a lot of scrolling. I mean, these are hard problems, but that's why you guys get the big bucks is to solve these problems. But just trying to get through the, like all the different, I love extensions, but there's so many extensions that are in different places and different apps and you got to scroll around. And guess what? They have different icons. So sometimes Safari looks like a compass and sometimes it doesn't. And yeah, whatever. That's, that's all okay. But like that does not have the same sense of fit and finish that other things have. So I don't know. It's it's there's also the thing like if you're, if you're on a like an iPad Pro, like why is there still so much space between all of the icons? Why isn't why I guess the question becomes like knowing that I'm just I'm just a garden variety like su- like pseudo geek. Like I'm a fake geek girl out here having fun with my computers, but like how is that not driving people at Apple crazy? Why well, like, don't knowing know. how they are, how they could sweat a chamfered edge that hard like how how is like all this kind of stuff okay to them? It's weird. Yeah, but you're bringing up some really good good points in that it seems like yes, yes, <laughs> okay. because it seems like things, certain things, and the you know you bring up one of my pet peeves is like the space, the icons on the iPad. Like, why does that not change? Why does that not change? You Especially know, on the iPad Pro. Yeah, like why? Why the, the big one? Why do these things that are clearly not right? not get addressed you know i mean i understand like again people are going to talk about ports and things like that i don't care i'll talk about ports on the back of this windows machine 
it's it's got 12 USB ports and, and I think like four of them are USB 3 and I mean it's got it's got everything you could ever want it's it it's it's so many ports that it it's almost a a joke like it's almost they're doing it just but to be funny But that's what you want. That's what you want of in course. that device. And that's I mean, what to, I would want on a Mac Pro too. Well yeah, and a false analogy that I'll just go with for a second here is like you'll never make my TV better by putting fewer HDMI ports on it. Even if you think HDMI ports are ugly, <laughs> I know. like give me 7 HDMI right. ports. Or at least like, my daughter wanted to play like my daughter wanted to play Wii Sports, wanted to play like um what she wanted to play like golf and bowling yesterday and and we've had it hooked up with just the wii u we didn't have it hooked up to the tv and i got to go back there and go through oh is it side port is it this port is it that port like give me all of the hdmi ports you do me no service by giving me a thinner tv with fewer hdmi ports is that a perfect example absolutely not but with what you're but at least you have an option you have an option for going out and saying i got fifteen hundred dollars to spend on a computer give me everything that i can have for fifteen hundred dollars and you're not going to have to sit there and argue with them about the benefits of USB-A. I know. Like, you can't, you can't use a thumb drive on your Apple now. Gruber talked about this with Joanna Stern on a really good episode of the talk show this week. You know, even if you're all bought in with that, like, there's, there's just going to be stuff that you're just going to be running into over and over again until what happens? Until what, until what next standard becomes everywhere? Well, maybe, so is that the future? Is like we all have a Sony Vio from now on? Remember how great the Sony Vio was? <laughs> my boss was like, oh my God, you are not going to believe this computer. It's like the size of a paperback book and it weighs like two pounds. It, and then it's like, oh yeah, but if you want to have a CD player, if you, you know what I mean? If you want an optical drive, you got to do this. If you want right. a mouse, you got to have this. And it became, it became, we Apple people laughed so hard at the Sony Vio people because oh, yeah. it was it felt like one of the ultimate examples and this is let me just say this is back when gosh this is back when there's a place near you've probably been to near Moscone um, called the Metreon oh, and when that place opened up I remember it was right around the time the first Spider-Man movie came out it was I think it might even have been owned by Sony and they had a Sony store in this place in whatever 2000 I think 2001 must have been 2000 they had a whole giant, like a big part of it, just giant Sony lifestyle store where you could buy all of their their video cameras and all their devices. Yeah. You go in and buy a Sony Vio, and Sony Vio looked like the ultimate like lifestyle device because it's like the size of it's like the size of a trade paperback. Right. Oh my god! But if you want to do anything except except type onto the Sony Vio, you're going to need a literal sack full of different things to use with it, and we laughed yeah so hard i was like you have got to be key you look at look at my look at my uh what do i have wall street pismo look at look at my power book everything I, need. I got i got two batteries i got an optical drive i can swap those out it's got everything sure it weighs nine pounds but i'm a power user i got it all and we thought it was so funny and now today everybody's falling all over themselves to say like how okay it is that you need like 40 different dongles just to do your work and it's like you should, yeah. but you never know you, you have I to promise myself never to talk about these things in public again so i'm breaking my rule here well it's boring and i don't care what other people think about this i'm just venting it's bananas to me that you can't be like dan and say i have this much money to spend on the best conceivable device that i can have to fit my needs and apple's gonna go well let's go through this questionnaire first let's learn a little bit more about like what you can live without first and it's like all right God damn it. Like, give me a give me an effing Mac Pro that has everything. Well, listen, okay, you, you bring up the Mac Pro. I mean, I have a Mac Pro. That's what my son was using. I'm, I finally have it back now. And uh, I'm going to be it, able to... Is that cheese grit? Is that 2009? What is no, it? no, I, I, I got rid of those. This is the cylinder one the trash I've can. had for, for a few years. Um, 
it's i mean it's it doesn't it doesn't have like an audio in jack on it it doesn't have audio in it doesn't have audio in so you, so you cannot you cannot plug an audio source into it you can get a usb uh audio input and do that or send audio over a thunderbolt but you can't just plug like a regular audio so in so you could you could do a road podcaster yeah. or similar yeah but pretty but much I'm, everything else you're going to need a device yeah and uh, and and it's like, like even, a device apart from that even on apple's most robust pro level most expensive machine you can't get many of the ports that you want I, i'm not going to give you a, an exa- a list of every single port on this pc but i looked it up so you've oh, got you put it in notes yeah i will i will definitely do that but i mean i'm just just one thing i'll mention is you've got four usb3 ports six usb2 ports you've got a type a and a type c and three super speed usb3 ports you've got gigabit ethernet you've got it's the four display ports on it and it's like you know you know who you needs get surround that sound built in i mean it's it's like but, merlin it's but, but everything like, he, I agree with you, and this is the part where, where like, I can hear, I feel like, in my head anyway, I can hear people going, well, then you go buy a PC. Well, you know what? He did buy a PC. That's the point. This Is everybody going to need all of that stuff? No. But somebody out there has an option to do that. And, you know, I, I normally don't get this emotional about this because I don't actually care that much. I'm pretty happy with what I've got. But, you know, even this iMac that I've got that does everything that I need to do, it right. already feels like a, not a, it doesn't feel like a relic in terms of performance. It's, it's a 5K iMac. It's amazing. But, but, you know, I wonder how, I don't know. It's just, it's just frustrating that you have to do so much fretting and research and parsing and buying of other things. You, you know, it isn't, you're not just going to go in because you decided that today's your special day, you're not just going to go in and say, give me the best laptop you've got. Because what, what would happen? Let's say you walk in, let me ask you this. You walk into that store today versus five years ago, approximately. I don't have any models in front of me. But if you went in five or six years ago, I bet there's a pretty good chance that within three to five minutes, somebody could take you over to the best laptop that they have. It would be a MacBook Pro that was totally tricked out with everything. The best one that you could get in the store. Because there was always other ones that you could do custom, right? Right. right. But they'd have a couple, couple, three, four different configurations in the store. And you could go in and say, give me the best laptop you got. Like if you go into the store to say today and say, give me the best laptop you got, what are they going to give you? The MacBook Pro 15-inch. How much RAM does that 16 have? 16 is the most it can have. 16, okay. Yeah. But it, there, it's... But it's know. just, it's stupid because, you know... And then, will, my, will, my, will my USB sticks work with that? Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, like yeah. nothing, nothing you've ever had as a computer. And this is this, this is the striking thing. It's not like, well, they took away this thing. They took In away. In order to give you that thing. They took away everything. Yeah. So every single device or peripheral that you have, you now need to adapt to this new thing. Everything that you've ever had as a computer user, nothing works. Nothing works. Nothing. I can still, you know, I, I mean, I, 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 it's just, unless you had like a Bluetooth device, then it wouldn't still work. But everything is different. You have Living to throw away life. everything. Yeah. Yeah. If all you want is a laptop and you're never going to plug anything into it. And they took away MagSafe too. That's a shame. Which is, that was a, a joy, a joy to use. Yeah. They've been talking about this a lot over the last couple of weeks on uh, ATP where 
Marco had this thesis and, and John was sort of amending it about, you know, how do you, what is the word that we're struggling f- with for like what it is that's not there anymore? And I think at one point they debated whether it's humanity or whimsy or delight. But Marco, you know, regardless of whether you like his choice of words, I think he made a good point of saying like when you're buying a, uh, he said something along the lines of what was it? It was a great line. It's something like when you buy a luxury device, when you buy a premium device, that really is comprised of many small delights. I was like, that's a really good way to put it. And whether that's the little blinking heartbeat light on your laptop clasp, <clears throat> or whether that's the light up logo on the back, or whether that's the green versus orange light on on the MagSafe. And, you know, it just seems like dad kind of came in and said, you know, you don't need any of that stuff anymore. I know what you need. You, this is what you need. And it's just not as, uh, it's not as kicky. It's not as fun. I don't know if it's less humane, but it's definitely less delightful. And then, you know, and then, so maybe you don't care about delight. Maybe you're not a little pixie like Dan and me, but like, if you are a real like workhorse user, like if you're somebody who's used to pouring every conceivable dime you can get your hands on into the best MacBook Pro or the best Mac Pro, you know, if you're doing video editing right now, like, what are you going to buy? It's perplexing. It feels like, you know what it is here? Part of it, part of it is like a boohoo for us. This isn't the Mac that we uh, wanted or the Mac, the Apple that we thought it would be. So pity party for the guys in their forties and fifties. But you know, the other part of this is that you can't help but get this weird canary in a coal mine feeling when they're not going deeply out of their way to be loved by people who do the most difficult computer work for people who do like there was a, there was a time not very long ago when a Mac was very competitive for people that were doing the most demanding tasks that you could do with a desktop computer. So maybe you're not going to have a render farm at Pixar. You know, you're not going to be running NASA. You're not going to be doing the census system. But if you wanted to do stuff with, I guess, whether that's Final Cut or whether, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you could feel fairly confident knowing that you get to stay with your platform because they are obsessed with delighting the people who are doing the most intensive work. And they may still have that feeling, but it doesn't seem like it's being evidenced in what they're producing. And that feels, whether I want to feel that way or not, that feels like a canary in a coal mine. Because that was one of the great, you know, conceits and uh, snobberies that we've had for the last 10 or 15 years is walking into pretty much any creative space and seeing that there was a vast majority of Macs. Because why would you use anything else? So, you know, first it came for the artist and I said nothing because I was not an artist. I don't know. It's difficult times, Dan. Yes, very. Did we, uh, did you have one more thing you wanted to tell me about? I have one final thing and that thing is called Squarespace. Squarespace. Sites look professionally designed. No matter whether you're an expert or uh, or just getting started, even if you're, even if you've never used a computer for, uh, before and you just got a MacBook Pro and this is your first one. No coding required. Intuitive, easy-to-use tools. You get a free domain if you sign up for a year. We're talking about building websites. Let's talk about something important. <laughs> Let's talk about building websites. That's what Squarespace is all about. You go to squarespace.com slash back to work. Use the code It's Your Show, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase, and you'll be well on the way to building an amazing website using one of their amazing templates that are responsive. They look good in every browser. They look good on every platform. They even look good on a MacBook Pro. Hmm. And, uh, and these, these templates that they've built, they've spent so much time building them, making them perfect, making them work. You can pick the one you like and customize the heck out of it and make it into your own site. No one will ever 
be wiser that this is some template that you started out with. It'll be yours. You make it yours. Squarespace lets you do all of that and do so much with it. If you're a band, you can put your albums up. I mean, you name it. Photo galleries, sell stuff, e-commerce, it's all built in. Go check them out. Squarespace.com slash back to work. Again, that offer code is it's your show to get 10% off your first purchase. Thank you, Squarespace. First of all, I have a call with them in uh, 20 minutes. I love that service. It's a great service. Thanks, Squarespace. Bok, bok. Bok, bok. I didn't have too much else. We're running kind of long here. I'm going to talk about this dingus I bought, but I think we should save it. Are you sure? I think that's good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we're good. Um, anything else? I need, I got to have homework to do. I got to, I got to gather all our literary recommendations. Yeah. You got to get your Hue lights installed. We got yeah. a lot of things on the plate here. You, you need to work on that timeline of yours, what you need to do. I know it's, uh, it's almost the end of the year. Yeah. Got to work on that podcast quality. I mean, the quality has got to go up before the end of the year. That's my schedule. I'm sorry. I can't I barely hear you. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Do we complain? We complain kind of a lot this week. Uh, you know, but I think it's, I think it's due. I think, first of all, Apple can handle it. You think so? I think they're, they're made of tougher stuff than what we can throw at them. Yeah. The people who work there, they work really hard and they have, they have, they have a good heart, but you got to wonder what the heck's going on up in the, uh, in the mahogany suite. Well, and that's the thing is that, that the folks who I know, like you're saying, the folks I know who work at Apple uh, are really, really hardworking people, and they do they do care. A friend of mine had to uh, take her. Uh, she had the iPhone 6s problem where the it will get to below forty percent battery and then just randomly shut off. <laughs> I get that once a week. Do you really? Oh yeah, thirty seven percent. Boom, goes away. We'll see. Th- there is a replacement program out there for the batteries. For oh that. right, you look up your you look up your serial number, right? That's right. Okay. All right. And uh, and she put hers in there, and she said she so she went to the Apple store, and she was just talking about what a great experience it was, and the guy who helped her out was super super helpful and explained everything and made it a seamless easy process. I mean, that that's just that's just on the retail end. The people who are actually you know behind the scenes writing the code, designing the products, they're working really really hard. You know, there was a, a young woman came up to me and and ran up to me. I. T- I, I told John uh, about this. She's a big fan of, uh, of the shows, especially on this show and uh, Roadwork and Roderick on the Line. And she So said, he works there? Yeah. And she well, came that's up, really cool. And she said, you're, she said, you're Dan Benjamin. I said, yeah. And she talked to me for a minute. And she said she had her headphones in. And uh, she said, I was just in the back room, just listening to the latest Roderick on the Line. She's like a super fan. She loves all the great shows. And, you know, so it's like you meet people and you realize like she's in there. She's just in there working hard. And, yeah. And and doing her thing, you know, and it's like there's so many people there that are working really hard, and of course we see all the great things that they build, but it's the little things that sometimes you want to just fix and you want to just change, and and you know, so I hope we don't come across as just cranky curmudgeons or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I just mainly don't want to get a bunch of email about it, but I, I, I think <laughs> we have reasons to be cranky about it, and I choose not to because I don't want to argue with people on the internet, and if you. Want to argue with me about this? You're not going to get much response. Um, I don't normally say things about this because, like, who really cares? Most of the stuff works fine, but no, sometimes that comes out because yeah. it, it is it is genuinely frustrating. Um, 
But, you know, I stand by what I said last week, which is that the reality is you've got to look at what this company is becoming rather than what it used to be. Right. Like that's a totally normal thing to have happen. But that doesn't mean we can't at the same time also be kind of frustrated. You know, yeah, I mean, well there's so there's like I, I realize what I'm asking for is a lot here, but it seems like there are two products they could put out that could shut down so much of the bitching. Like put out like put out a freaking update to the Mac Pro. Why don't they? Yeah. They must have their reasons. Put out, seriously, put out an honest to God, real Mac Pro, MacBook Pro. They're like, put out a powerful laptop that has lots of stuff on it. Just suck it up and do that. I know that's hard, but you know, why won't they? They won't because that's not who they're becoming. And if that doesn't bother you, you're not thinking about it. Right. Well, I mean, it's okay. Maybe you'll become the kind of person that Apple wants to, wants to have. But believe me, you and me, we're not the first people ever to wonder why Apple doesn't love us the way we want to be loved. You know what they say? It's like in that song, Maps. <laughs> Wait, they don't love you like I love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's uh, button this up. I love you, Merlin, man. I love you. Man. <laughs> love you too, Dan Benjamin. <laughs>